Yar, mateys, listen up and listen up good. How many ships must a pirate plunder before you call him a free captain? How many roads must a man walk down before you make him walk the plank? The answer, my friends, is episode 42 of Dead Men Roll No Crits. And the wind blowing answers in our sails comes in the form of me, your GM, Patrick, and my four friends and players. I'm talking to Jumper, Rebecca, Seth, and Tyler. Lou! Tyler. Welcome, folks. How are, you, how are you all tonight? Has this whole season been music references or just this one time? <laughs> just this one time for okay, episode okay. 42. I, I hear that that's an answer to a few questions. Yeah, like how many roads must a man walk down? Yeah, that's the one. I remember. Uh, I definitely have no pattern to the the introductions it's just a blank piece of paper that i sit down to every week and like how do i get to plain pathfinder <laughs> quick quickly and that's how i do it um right this this episode sees us basically through with part three of this book so we're we're getting closer and closer to the end of book two and as this will probably firmly settle us episode 42 in the last section of Raiders of the Fever Sea. I'm, I'm sad. I'm sad to see this one go. As as you can tell, this is one of my favorite books in this AP. Because it's just like every other week is a, a different adventure. If you play this a little bit longer, like, you know, three or four hour sessions, then each one and can, you know, it's just full of different combats and experiences. And of course, our our podcast is a little different we've had some guests on in this book to fill out the the pirate cruise and you guys in book two here have made up your the the b team <laughs> uh b for bartleby <laughs> team and uh yeah we've made a made a lot of pirate friends this time around before we get into this week's episode, uh, we do have some housekeeping to get into. I was wondering if you guys, since you leveled up to level six in this last week, if, if you wouldn't be interested in telling me a little bit about your your leveling up, what new spells and feats and abilities you guys have taken. Does anybody want to jump in and, and, and talk about their character first? Sure. Yeah. I'll, I'll hop right in there. Um I, uh, at level six, uh, got myself a skill feat and a class feat. Uh, from a skill feat, I've finally taken Underwater Marauder. <laughs> and uh, for my class feat, I took the, uh, I think it might be the first one since first level, uh, the first uh, Storm Order mm. uh, Druid class feat. And so it is called Storm Retribution. Um, hmm. uh, if, I, if I get crit melee combat, I can lash out and uh, cast uh, my focus spell, uh, Tempest Surge, on um, on whoever crit me, and yeah, as a reaction, which is fun. Yeah. Crits don't happen very often in Pathfinder Second nah, Edition. That's never, probably, never, probably, probably won't come up. Feet. <laughs> <laughs> um, that's I, I like the idea of like you getting bloodied and then just like immediately your eyes turn white and you're like, Oh, you made me mad. Just <laughs> right. Shocking someone right next to you. Right. Um, yeah, that's pretty darn cool. Um, does everyone have underwater Marauder at this point? 
I believe so. Oh no, I'm, I'm getting that. A nay no from Tyler, Cassius. No, I think we all do. I'm sorry. Yeah. Oh. I, I, I he was I he was, he was shaking his head yes, <laughs> <laughs> nodding no. Well, that's that's interesting, but. Do you guys think there's going to be more underwater combat in this adventure path or something? I'm so confused. How many more books are there? There's no water anywhere. It, it's a gamble. It's a it's gamble. A, you know, it's really weird when this pirate AP goes uh, far inland and you're just in in corn territory. <laughs> you're, just, you're just carrying your boat across land. <laughs> Welcome to the desert. <laughs> right. it, it, it eventually this... turns into a Starfinder campaign, and you right. become software pirates. Right, we're, we're surfing the information highway. Oh boy, our Napster. Uh, who who's next? I'll go. Becca. So Alaris is now an expert in thievery, which means that she is an expert at being stealthy and being steely. So we got that going <laughs> for her. And additionally, to kind of go along with that, uh, for my skill feat, I picked up Wary Disarmament, which makes me a little, uh, it, it increases my bone, my uh, AC against uh, devices and traps that I trigger when I'm trying to disarm something. So hopefully mm-hmm. that will come in handy. Um, and then for my uh, rogue feat, I picked up predictable, which gives me the ability to try to sense someone's next move and prepare to counter or resist it. So Wait, we'll see how know, that goes. I just realized, is that a reference to the princess bride? Cause it's predictable with an exclamation point. Yeah, it is. It's predictable. Yeah. Predictable. It's <laughs> like the, uh, the guy that takes on the the pirate and it's like I knew you would switch to classes. So does he say that? I thought name. he said inconceivable. Inconceivable uh, would be more. Does he say predictable as well? I need to go back and watch that. Does he? he said he says a lot of stuff. You know, it's <laughs> right. a dialogue. Right. Uh, he's he's got that kind of character that only says one word and one word only. Boy, does he make the best of it. I am Groot. Right, deliverable exactly. like Vin Diesel. Uh, predictable is a pretty fun ability. It's, so it's mainly defensive, right? And that's, uh, I mean, almost like as good as raising a shield. If you can get a success or a critical success on perception, you're gauging what their next move is going to be and, and gives you bonuses to your AC and saves against no. abilities, right? Yeah, and I, I was I was actually thinking it might be a good thing to have just as another option when I don't want to use, say, like a third attack that's not likely to hit, for instance. Um oh, yeah. you know, any anything to give me more options on the on the battlefield I feel I feel like would be useful. So Yep, yep, yep. And single actions are just nice to have in your back pocket. Other things to do, you know. Uh a a plus two to your AC. I think we've played enough Pathfinder Second Edition. Uh, will it doesn't seem like a lot, but it is a lot because you're trying to stave off those crits, those hits and crits as as much as possible. And, well, and it's also a plus two to your next saving throw. So if it's you know like yeah, a magic well, user or something against that really, target, exactly. Really nice. Yeah. So you're you're watching the magic user, seeing if they're about to cast on you and so you can react better to that makes sense for alaris what about uh honto or cassius who wants to chat up level six next well mine's going to be very brief so i guess i'll go ahead oh Um, yeah uh very unexciting level for the monk um Hmm. 
you know, uh, all the standard stuff goes up a little bit. It's incremental. Get a skill feat, get a class feat. Um, skill feat I went with was uh, the acrobatics related one that makes it so you're not flat footed when you're trying to balance. I just kind of figured it'd be a good thing to, um, I guess, balance out my uh, skill set a little bit. And the monk feat I went with is one called Wolf Drag. Uh-huh. Which, uh, I will get into the details of when I have the opportunity to try to hit you with it, Patrick. You're you're more wolf-like. That builds off of wolf stance, I imagine. Correct. If you're in it, excelente. You're like some kind of wizard, lizard wolf, with your abilities and powers. I would argue not even remotely, but you can Just say that. Like that. What about the Captain Cassius, Tyler? What would you pick up? Uh, Captain Cassius is just going to roll a, a, a D20 and pick whatever comes up first. Ha ha! You know, Patrick, I actually had a chance this level to pick up something that would have been very unfortunate you for you, which is uh, swashbucklers get attacks of opportunity. Uh, they, can, they can access attacks of opportunity at level six. You are very lucky in that Cassius is not a type to, to take that at the kind moment. of are at ranged a lot of the time yeah i'm throwing blades i'm a blady boy uh so cassius gets a lot of social feats this level or i took a lot of them so you you also get a skill feat and a class feat like everyone else and they're both yeah i mean that's what they are but i but both of mine go towards social skills which are very important children uh so the first one which (laughs) don't listen to this one children is called charming liar and uh charming liar is cool because it allows me to lie to people and if i lie well enough i can actually improve the uh target's attitude by one step as if i had made an impression with diplomacy Mm. so i figured this would be cool for like when we put into port and we're talking about our adventures and our uh whatnot and you know cassius can embellish them a little bit uh, and, you know, use a mix of diplomacy and deception, make them seem even grander than they really are. And if he does it really well, he's going to actually even, you know, succeed at making impressions to everybody he's lying to. Oh, yeah. And he is an expert in deception. So there's a pretty good chance of getting a critical success when I when I do this. Nice, nice. The one I'm the one I know that Jabert and I are very excited for is called gossip lore and it comes from the dandy archetype and what gossip lore allows me to do is anytime patrick asks us to uh recall knowledge using any lore skill instead of rolling that lore skill i can roll gossip lore uh so i can roll it for everything and if i fail then i get the effects of dubious knowledge meaning patrick can give me a hint of the truth and maybe a doozy of untruth but he, but he, they don't. But he doesn't tell me which is which. So it's a really fun one where if I'm successful, then I can get some information for free without having a specific lore skill. If I fail, Patrick can uh, deceive us as he wills. So it seems make, like make a some, pretty make fun some one. interesting things happen there. Yeah. Yeah. And I assume that Patrick rolls this so we don't get to see the result. Right. Right. Because if you yeah. roll a one and then Patrick tells you something, you know. <laughs> that is wrong. Yeah, yeah, exactly. So, uh it's one of those things where I I just it 
<laughs> it's just going to be a, a wild skill that comes out of nowhere sometimes. Well, I, that, that'll be fun to, to sh- see on the show. Um, excellent. Excellente. I would have liked to see someone with an attack of opportunity. I feel bad. Some of my I, pirates it. and soldiers. Don't worry about ones it. That have had it thus far. It, it does seem a little unfair. It's like, I'm just going to position all these guys around you and see what happens. We should bring Owlbear with us more often. Oh, yeah, no. Attacks of opportunity. <laughs> Way too many. Um, excellent, excellent. I was just looking at all the, the swashbuckler feats and the, this level. I'm interested you didn't take. There's some really colorful named ones. <laughs> yeah. Stella's Stab and Snag. <laughs> yeah, which is, I, I mean, some so of these are, are, are cool, but I really like, I mean, obviously there's, a, the main one is the Attack of Opportunity, and there's some uh, tumbling options, and there's some more finisher options, but with having Alaris be a rogue, the unbalancing finisher, which makes things flat-footed, is just is going to be just the best choice most of the time for us. So right. I don't really feel the need to take anything else. I I mean, I'm 100% taking the attack of opportunity most likely the next chance I get. And then and then that will be fun. I imagine that will be level 8. But, yep, but Cassius is the captain and so I, I wanted to I wanted to really pile on the diplomacy and deception and those types of skills uh to really reflect how he is changing as a leader. So that's what I went with. Awesome. Well, let's get back into it. We have a lot to get to this week as this week's episode uh, does not start on the Tidebreaker, but rather high atop Tidewater Rock, the castle, the lookout at the very top of the the castle, the four-story castle, where we see a small gathering of residents and, and pirates having gathered for the formal union of one Lady Agatha Smythe and Captain Cassius Vell. And I've set the map up here. You guys can see it on the, the far right. <laughs> A number of, of people have been invited, and including you all, of course, the officers of the, the Tidebreaker, as well as folks here from, from the castle. Uh, there's a, a fine, uh, a small spread of fine foods laid out, as well as some bottles of, of wine and cork from the castle's storage. And we see Lady Agasa in, in a fine, formal uh, blue dress beneath what is a ceremonial awning held up by a few of her soldiers. And uh, she comes up to you, Cassius, I'm sure, in your your captain's finery and, and says, uh, Mr. Cassius... Before we, we make things official today, is there anything you would like to say to mark the bonding of your enterprise with that of lordship of this island? I, I think a speech be in order. They're one of my favorite pastimes, after all. Cassius probably isn't as dainty to, to do the, like, silverware hitting the the crystal. He's probably just got two tankards and he just slams them together. <laughs> Pirate style, baby. Man, yeah, he, he's like, I think he would stand up somewhere, maybe on a barrel or somewhere mm-hmm. tall and, and say... Hunt, hunt his shoulders. Yeah. 
if I may have, everybody is attention. <laughs> Sorry. Just piggyback uh, style. Do you, do, no. you think, do you think that my assurance will guarantee the success for the athletics to hold him up, or do I need to roll? Yeah. We're here to get into a rated R movie. Yeah. The athletics enlarge? for Honto and acrobatics for Cassius. We can enlarge Honto again, and then Cassius can be way up high in the sky. Just hold, hold him in his hand. Yeah, 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 just like hold hold him above his head, like <laughs> while mean, enlarged. You guys are already uh, pretty darn high up here on the, the top of the castle. You can see the, the ship down below in the bay. Um, uh, but yeah, you can, you can scramble atop a table okay. or a barrel or what have you. Yeah. If I may have everybody's attention, please, I would like to give a little speech, a toast, if you will, to celebrate to this mighty occasion where I am married upon this day. When I left to sail the shackles many years ago, I sought out what many young individuals seek to find their fortune on the shackles. Fame and riches, glory and adventure. Now, I did not know what I was going to find when I set out. and I certainly couldn't have predicted that I would find myself amongst one of the greatest crews a captain could ever have. And some equally lovely company. And in our times, I, we have found our fair share of, of fortune and fame. But I did not think that the winds of the shackles and Basmara's grace would find me such a, such a treasure as Lady Augusta here. I count myself fortunate that I be wed to a lady of such upstanding honor and who has been able to hold this fort over many a trying force again and again. I am humbled by her inclusion of our crew here. And he kind of you know, raises a glass at his future wife. So a toast to this day. May the wind ever be in your sails. May you find fame and fortune wherever you go. And may we all find an adventure that we can happily rejoice in in our longer years uh, there's a few here here's even some of the tide water soldiers you know uh will down their their glasses and uh raise your name up you know to captain cassius and lady agasta and uh she will will drink to that as well and yeah, I think perhaps uh, the, the younger boy, um, Mardis Sigs, will, will play some music along with some of the soldiers here. Uh, some of the other folks from the, the, the Tide Breaker, uh, Rosie Cuswell and Sundara Quinn, uh, have been invited as well for the, the very small gathering here on the castle, though down below. You can you can tell that the, the ship here uh, in the, the midday sun is, is partying down on the tidebreaker. Indeed, there's the the top uh, deck bell being rung and some other music being played. I guess Rosie would definitely be playing some music too. Bring oh, for her, sure. Her get fiddle and um, yeah, and uh, our resident bard. Uh, I think yeah. I think Crindle is is back down on the ship because they need they need that entertainment. Oh yeah, they definitely need entertainment too. Yeah. 
Um, but yeah, um, is, is One... there anything you guys want to do during the the ceremony as you're uh, you're walking about? I was gonna say once once the sound kicks up and he's not really afraid of being overheard, he kind of leans. Hanto leans over to Alaris and goes, "Is this the normal amount of time that human courtship lasts? <laughs> Two days." <laughs> I think that this is a somewhat unusual alliance, if you will. Yeah, I think you guys heard some of the particulars in the, the bottom of Tidewater Rock. Uh, Lady Agatha kind of proposed this in, in some of the same way that you guys were talking about it. You know, maybe this castle would, would benefit from having a ship on the water, something they don't have. And, um, give you a, a fortified position as well. You speak as though Hanto understands dealings like that. <laughs> yeah, that makes even less sense. <laughs> uh, so he, looking over at Lady uh, Agusta, um, I'm assuming pale, uh, no no muscle to be seen uh, in this fancy dress. Lady Agusta? Yeah. Uh, uh, she's, uh, I don't, I'm not sure if I gave too much of a description uh, I mean, she's an older lady by shackles reckoning, but like 45, you know? Uh, I see. Uh, so maybe some some slight uh, barrens of her age, but looks, you know, fairly strong. Um, sure, sure. For, okay. for a, a human uh, lady, um, what has been, you know, described to Honto as part of a a regal um, countenance, you know, part of a, a nation or something mm -hmm. that gives out titles, like lords and ladies. Okay, well. But yeah, maybe from what you've you've heard or others have heard before, you know, you expect a, a very uh, weak, dandy-looking uh, person. But yeah, she's, you know, she looks like she's a, a woman of the shackles. Yeah, see that, that was my assumption as a person. Um, and I apologize. I made assumptions. <laughs> well, you assumed that someone who was stuck in a castle for their entire life would be pale and maybe I'm, not as strong? I know. That's a pretty it's, good it's, assumption. It's, it's a, <laughs> we go outside. I mean, yeah, they're, they're, they're hard scrabbling life here on not a, I mean, it's not a, a lush island. Uh, right. It's not overflowing. So, I mean, it's, it's a hard life here and... Um, I think you might get that intimated from from some of the soldiers who, now knowing that they have a, a ship connected to the islands, you know, begin to put in requests for all manner of things that they don't have access to here on the island. You know, from from drink to to, to food and tobacco and things like that. Oh, for sure. I think just to you know continue our conversation that Hanto kind of started with Alaris, she would probably point out to him like. This is a this is a mutually beneficial alliance. I mean, you can see that these people are are survivors. They've they've been through a lot, and and there's plenty to respect about uh, who they who they must be as as people and uh, as fighters. Uh, Back where I come from, betrothal is not necessary to help your fellow kind. During during this conversation, I think behind you, Sendara Quinn, you watch as she takes a, a couple of flutes of, of white wine and, and downs them quickly and, and grimaces to maybe insert herself into to what you guys are talking about and says, I, 
I, Hanto, I've always hated weddings as well. Something like love shouldn't be shackled so, made so rigid. If you need to cuff a finger with a metal band from keeping your love secure, then perhaps it needn't be kept at all, is what I say. Don't get me wrong, I don't have a problem with marriage. I just don't understand the circumstance. Well, what what about you, Hanto? Is there anyone out there you pine for? Maybe one of the crew is lucky enough to catch your your fancy. You you can see him mulling that over. And he eventually says, No. That time for me is has passed. I mean at this point Cassius would <laughs> come drunkenly stumbling over and he doesn't hear any of the other conversation. He just hears Honto say that time has passed. And Cass is like, has the time passed for you to dance, Honto? Come on, man. <laughs> and he <laughs> tries to get you to come out and and do like some monk dance moves. I mean, gotta be hmm. acrobatics, right? What more dancing you would think. There, there's oh. literally there's literally a feat that allows you to use acrobatics to perform. I was about to say, I mean, the, uh, dancing, you're dancing for yourself necessarily. You're not trying to impress everyone else. I think if you're just trying to go through some, like copy someone's movements, you guys can roll. Like if you're doing the Macarena, you can do that acrobatics. Would be acrobatics. I mean, yeah. yeah, Cassius insists that the, the Uruxi must have you must have some form of traditional dance or celebratory movement of some kind. <laughs> what if it's what if it's a just celebratory like, movement? Oh my! What if it's just like '90s house? You know, like you're you've got some glow sticks. He's and like crying right, glow MDMA. sticks. Like, I thought you'd never ask. <laughs> no, but uh, how how insistent is Cassius exactly? <laughs> Uh, uh, he's, a, he's a drunk pirate on his wedding day, right? <laughs> yeah, I, mean, I mean, he's not like pushing you, but he he's on the other side of a table or something, and he's dancing at you oh and God. very much goading, you, trying to goad you into uh, showing off. He's going to look over at the gathering of three next to him, being uh, uh, Alaris and Candoso and Santara, and he's just going to. Kendoso's giving you a big thumbs up. <laughs> Alaris is going to go out there and dance. It's this is wedding. how this is how the podcast uh, we learned about the lizard leap. It's <laughs> just a jump to the left, <laughs> oh then gosh. you get into wolf stance. <laughs> it's just a thirty foot jump to the left. It's <laughs> an assurance jump to the left. You guys can't jump fifteen feet without thinking about. It. No, so. Uh. Uh, I mean, yeah. If, if the insistence is there, um, he'll he'll you know he does the typical sheepish thing where he's like, I'm not certain this music is appropriate, and he's like starts to listen to it. He was kind of treating it like backward background noise initially. He's trying to find a beat um, because certainly we have like we have a fiddle, and and what other kind of instruments do we have in this? In this, <laughs> we, uh, you know, a it's wash funny. Tub. <laughs> 
it's probably going to be like some of the same pirate music you've heard on the podcast. So yeah, just yeah. Pick, pick something you, you, you've heard us uh, play in the background before. Royster <laughs> looks like he's he plays the hurdy-gurdy. I think Royster's got a hurdy-gurdy out. <laughs> I was wondering if I was going to get to say the word hurdy-gurdy today. <laughs> Marina reminded me that that was a thing like two days ago. And I was just like, I'm going to say hurdy-gurdy on the podcast today. <laughs> I'm going to drop a hurdy-gurdy on them. I'm going to drop a hot hurdy. I'm going to drop a hurdy-gurdy. Canon, that is that is what Martis Siggs is indeed uh, playing. Crank that, that hurdy. What? Uh, yeah. No, sure. so uh, now it is. as you, as uh, it might surprise you, but a group of tribal lizard folk living in salt marshes, they don't really have a lot of fiddles or hurdy-gurdies or not, not a lot of things that, that would get ruined yeah. if they got wet. No, Wait, so yeah. he will try to listen for um, a rhythm. And I don't know if you are familiar with the Maori uh, tribal dances. Oh. Yeah, sure. Um, yeah. But uh, I think that once he kind of finds it, you can kind of see his head nodding a little bit. And then he suddenly drops into a squat. And there's a very slow but purposeful movements with his feet, and it involves like tail slapping, and there's a lot of uh, movements that are uh, tail centric, like more so <laughs> than somebody who does not have a tail, sure, not think to do in a dance. Boo! Right. Everyone can't do the lizard leap now. It's it's, That's so, a... <laughs> it's so tail centric. They can mimic the body part, just not the tail part. Gotcha. Yeah. Well, Cassius would definitely uh throw out some major hurrahs and applause once once honto had done such a thing you would think that was very cool uh it's not like he has seen honto do any type of celebratory things very often so he would make a a drunkenly mildly deal about it <laughs> as it's subtle a, as a drunk pirate can be <laughs> it's it's uncertain if his motives are because he's he wants to make Cassius happy, or if he thinks that if he doesn't do this, it's going to make the mission fail. Who knows? Point <laughs> Who is, knows? he's dancing. Oh yeah, that happened out on the dance floor, busting a move. Uh, I think Lady Agatha would come over and, you know, dance alongside you a little bit, do some like hand clapping, some some very polite lady-like hand clapping, and uh, she's got some some dress twirls and things. Perhaps a, a dancing style that is more apropos on, on the mainland somewhere, more more official-looking dance moves. Uh, during during the festivities here, I think perhaps the the elder Sigs and, and one of the the guards would uh, would corner some of you guys and and see if you had any tales to tell. Now that the ruse has dropped, that. You're, you know, these these neophyte nation uh, sailing these waters, but instead seasoned veteran pirates. Uh, they might ask, you know, what what adventures you've had, what tales uh, you might regale them with. Uh, Alaris, the the Albers and and, and Bernie Sigs uh, especially seem to be impressed with with your ability to. Um, uh, deceive the lady at dinner the other night. <laughs> so might might go to you for some stories. What what might you tell them of your your travels along the shackles? Oh, she would certainly pull out her sword and uh, 
Show them the the fancy. Um, <laughs> just touch it, it just like this. Start slashing. <laughs> she she pulls it out at the speed of of her quick draw feet. Like, He's coming right for us. <laughs> no, no, no. She would show off her uh, the ghost shaped uh, rune that uh, is is emblazoned on her sword um, and tell of the time that she broke the bell uh, on that ship against the ghost captain. It's basically why they call me Alaris Bell Ringer now. Yep. <laughs> I'm pretty much. Uh, it's Bell Breaker, famous. Patrick. Breaker bell of breaker. Bells. Breaker of Break, Bells. Breaker of Bells. Uh, yeah, they will obviously listen in apt silence, doing that thing where appropriate points in the story they go. Oh. <laughs> 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 Ex- explain the uh, the ghost captain, uh, Wellbone Pilk. And they'll be like. Hey! I just have to say, Alaris gets a, a, a big thrill out of this because I'm not sure that she's really told a story in this way to strangers before, you know, not pirates. And um, I, I think it kind of reminds her of her own childhood and hearing her, her uncle's tales of his adventures on the high seas. And she's kind of following in, in his footsteps in a, in a weird way, small yeah, I way. Think, I think uh, between uh, playing the hurdy-gurdy, Marta Siggs will come over and and have a listen while he's scarfing down some some food. Uh, d- as well during this, Candoso, the young simple lad that you've you've uh, seen here, named Clue, uh, finds you during the the wedding ceremony and uh, brings you a, a small gift. It looks like a, a clumsily potted flower uh, with like purple and blue petals. Hmm. Um, uh, might I be able to identify this uh, this flower? Is it native to this area? Perhaps. Um, make a nature make a, make a nature check. Yeah. Ooh, very good. A Thirty on that. Oh boy, your nature skill has gone up pretty significantly <laughs> since I think the last time you rolled it. Are you an expert now as well? Obviously, uh, I am an expert in nature. Yeah. Uh, right. So this is actually a a flower that you have only seen growing on the mainland back in in like Ramadumi in, in the the high mountains. And as uh, he, he doesn't really, he's not very responsive to your question. Uh, Martis Sigs, the the Sigs's grandson. Uh, who I should mention has his leg bandaged up and is is healing well. Kind of limps over, and and will explain and, and says, oh, "Oh, that flower is is said indeed to come from distant shores and and only grows on this this island in the shackles." Clue, uh, I think, wanted to thank you for you and your your ship helping to protect the castle. Uh, well, it is lovely. I I will take as best care of it as I can. Does it only grow on this island now, or...? Yeah, I mean, it's definitely not native to right. to the islands, so... But it's so like, uh, in this region, this is the only place you would find it. Uh, That's pretty cool. No, I think with that nature role, you'd probably be able to understand that this had to have been transplanted here from a very right. far-off journey. Okay, okay. So, so it's not growing wildly on this island. It's like... There's like a like a small collection of them that somebody brought here. Yeah, 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 and, and it is on the island somewhere. But 
Oh, uh, well, I will, I will thank him, uh, thank the young clue, and uh, give him a bow of thanks, and uh, create a tiny rain cloud over my, <laughs> over my new flower, and and uh, water it. Is that something you could do? <laughs> the appropriate is that, amount. Is that a cantrip? You've got. Um, uh, let's see. Is that a cantrip I have? That's a great question. <laughs> it's like Elsa with the Olaf snow flurry at the end of Frozen. Yeah, I guess it would be. Spoilers it, it, for Frozen. It might be a little, might be a little <laughs> challenging Olaf to get that. Olaf gets his own flurry at the end. Whoa! Spoiler. <laughs> Rebecca, stop! They're like children! A, like a children listening to this podcast, damn it! Like this, like an M&M's McFlurry? Or like which kind? Yes, an M&M's McFlurry. that snows on him and keeps him cold. Um, yeah, I guess I guess a, a hydraulic push is probably too much water. <laughs> <So> <laughs> maybe I'll just hang Boom. on to it and water it later. <laughs> nope, you cast acid splash and burn it in front of the boy. <laughs> the closest spell, you splash it with. Yeah, no hydraulic push. You just like, all right, a, a light sprinkle <laughs> just, and throw it on the ground. It's <laughs> flying off into the bay off the, the roof here. Um, Oh, that's wonderful. That's wonderful. Uh, uh, do I know? Is there anything um, special about this flower? Um, maybe that a herbalist would understand. May- mayhaps. Hmm. Do you have uh, uh, alchemists? Uh, Alchemist crafting. S- crafting skill. Yeah. Well, yes. Yeah, so it is. Uh, so I have the alchemist crafting feat mm-hmm. from my uh, herbalist um, archetype, and so. I don't know that it specifically gives me like a lore for that, but this flower is it does have some uh, perhaps medicinal qualities. So if you if you grow grow some more and and crush them up, you might be able to brew some some healing salves with it, or you know in in a pinch just chew it up and spit it into someone's wounds. That's how. Uh, <laughs> Herbalism that sounds works, like right? that sounds like the Kendoza way. <laughs> right, yeah. Let's mix this with some mud and throw it at somebody. <laughs> um, yeah, I will. I will. I will take good care of this and try not to chew it up and spit it on anybody before I have a chance to cultivate new uh, uh, saplings or buds uh, of the flower. Uh, during the ceremony, Cassius, uh, Lady Agassiz, head of the guard, indeed the the gentleman towards the, the middle here, Royster McClague. The ordinary looking man with the huge mustache. The entire ceremony has had arms crossed and kind of taken up a guard-like position. Uh, he will corner you uh, when, when you go in for uh, another glass of, of wine from the barrel and, and just kind of close talk to you near the, the edge of the the tower kind of leaning into a little too far so your your back is against the stone of the parapet and you can see down the tide breaker below in the bay and he, he'll say a little low and says well listen here matey i i don't like you and you don't like me but know this as true as the sun rises in the east captain if you hurt lady agusta or bring shame upon this isle I will not stop until I've broken each of your bones in your back and left you floundering in the tidal pools here. Or do I make myself clear? I understand everything you're saying, mate, but I don't not like you. I barely know ye. 
And as far as, I mean, I'm, I would, I don't want to hurt any of you, let alone the fair lady. And as far as bringing shame to the name, well, I've managed to come this far with this crew, only gaining a reputation for our deeds. I don't be seeing that changed anytime soon. Don't worry, you worry yourself too much there, Royster. Mm. Have another drink. Things will be, things will be better from here on out, and you're in good hands with my crew. I promise you. You've probably drank enough for the both of us, Vel. Cassius laughs very loudly, and he goes, Aye, aye. Well, it's my wedding day, Royster. How can you blame me one bit? Especially when I'm marrying someone so fine. It's not every day you get to marry someone like that from the shackles. Right, Royster? He'll just shake his head, and as you maybe pour two glasses of wine, one for yourself and the other for yourself, he'll, he'll just kind of storm off. But Lady Agusta, you know, sees you in distress and uh, will we'll shoot him and say, oh, that that is quite enough, Royster. Uh, Cassius, I apologize, but uh, let us please retire to my private quarters. I, I believe we have some more business to attend to away from the prying eyes of this gathered party here. Ah, you'd be right. And then Cassius stumbles over to Candoso, and he puts the two tankards of wine he had on tops of one another, and then he <laughs> puts the one, the double stacked into Candoso's hand. Ah, I'm I'm trying to take it easy tonight, but I'll, uh, well, why not? Yeah, there you go. Why, you don't say. So, uh, let me get this right. Cassius and Lady Agusta are going into her private quarters alone. Downstairs, yes. Okay. Note to self, Seth, stop playing whatever video game you're playing right now and pay attention because you're going to need to edit probably pretty soon. (laughs) So Tyler unsheathes his sword. (laughs) Cue the horny music now. (laughs) Bonk, go to horny jail. Uh, This, uh, you're led down. uh, You know, a guard will come with you and post outside the door. But uh, you'll, you'll go down one level past the chamber where you guys have the banquet and to another one of the more spacious rooms here in the, the castle that holds the only true fireplace. Uh, there's a, uh, it is a, a small peat burning affair um, that kind of smells of the, the tropical climb. Uh, it is, a, there's a comfortable, but you know, you can tell aged and, and sagging couch on the side of the fireplace and a small writing table, uh, some chairs uh, and a, a weathered old sea chest standing before uh, an elegant bed um, next to a antique armor stand, holding a unique looking set of armor, an animal skin rug set before the fire. And, and she'll, you know, bid you to sit down in, in the chair uh, at the drawing table before the desk and uh, she brings over an, an inkwell and quill and uh, before you is indeed the contract that she signs in, in front of you and, and bids you do as well. Uh, should I roll something to insight on the contract? <laughs> it's the first have, time I'm assuming Cassius has seen it. Do you have legal lore? Where's Bartleby when you need him to look no, over the free? No, I just have society. I don't have any... Well, I have gossip lore, which I can use in place of 
any lore. Yeah, who are you gossiping <laughs> with right now, her? How does that well, still work? It just... <laughs> I mean, I'll, I'll, I'll read it for you. Uh, so... Uh, your time gossiping in fashionable saloons keeps you informed on every topic. You are trained in gossip lore, a special lore skill that can be used only to recall knowledge, but on any topic. If you fail at a check to recall knowledge with gossip lore, you gain the effects of dubious knowledge skill. So I guess I'm not really so much recalling knowledge. No. Uh, I am. I, I Yeah. So I guess I, I mean, the only closest skill I could think of would be society. But yeah. I mean, um, it sounds to me like it's like you're saying, you know, I heard once that someone yeah. was bamboozled by a contract mm -hmm. and <laughs> it was oh, me. What? That's happened before. <laughs> yeah. Um, yeah. Un under society, you might, you know, be able to recall knowledge of, you know, similar contracts. And I think that's okay. why, you know, you might have heard of them before um but yeah make, let's make, make, uh, make me a roll we'll see what you get 23 um yeah do you want to spend some time reading through this yeah i mean yes cassius takes he's a liar but whenever he's going to make a a real promise mm -hmm. he tends to like it to be solid so he's Fair. giving he, i mean he's given i mean although he was mostly teasing royster he did mean a lot of what he said uh, he wants to make sure that this is this is successful. If he's, I mean, because once once we put our name on this uh, on Tidewater Rock, it's going to make it even more of a of a target for people. So he wants to make sure that everything is mm -hmm. laid out well. Yeah, so it's it's a similar kind of contract that you would get with perhaps a a trade society, but crossed with that is like marriage language. There's a, a certain like expectation over the course of a year of bringing back, you know, a point uh, of plunder um, or a percentage mm -hmm. of like your your total haul. Uh, in addition to that, um, you know exactly what she said is on there. Uh, there's information about either party can can cancel this contract or renew it if both agree after after a year. Um, she'll she'll point out that part and says, you know, as as I said, with a, a maritime marriage, in four seasons and a day, either of us can take this contract and rip it up. Um, I will have Albers scribe a copy for you, and in doing so, without reason, you can terminate said union. But uh, if you prove to me you are worthy, and, and this this title is yours to to earn. Uh, you may keep it after a year's time if, if you so desire, but Cassius, know this. If, indeed, if you bring shame upon my late husband's legacy, uh, I will cut you off and change the locks to the castle. Do you understand? Aye, I understand. And believe me, it is not in my interest, nor I know anyone else's, for me to try and bring shame upon the name and legacy of, of this great place. I will only endeavor to increase the legendary tales that people speak of. Is is there, uh, am I taking you away from anyone? Is there, is there a woman in your life that you are are looking to, to marry in the future? Uh, there'd be none that I was looking to marry, but this does come in a bit of a odd coincidence. I, some of the, pi one of the pirates that attacked us was a, an old lover of mine. 
But uh, that flame has seems that it has gone out rather permanently for her. So do not worry yourself about any any lost loves or or fleeting loves that are being taken away. My focus will be only on you, Lady Agasta. My boy, I have not too many years upon you, but I, I will say that when a, a love burns so bright that one might try and kill you, <laughs> then perhaps it, it will never be extinguished. All these years after my husband's death, and I, I still love him, we were we were your age, young and, and strapping. Uh, he was a captain like yourself when we were wed. Um, just about how broad would you say ye shoulders are, Cassius? Uh, Cassius kind of does math in his head and he goes, well, cat me no broader than two deck planks, I assume. Oh, that that doesn't really help me. Uh, she'll, you know, help you <laughs> remove your, your jacket and, and brings out like a tape measure. My, my late husband's adventures abroad brought us and the isle wealth and, and treasures. Troubles too, though. The path you're following, I'm sure you'll have other pirates trying for your head. Other problems will, will lie ahead of you. Yeah, of that I have no doubt. We already have the lingering problem of Barnabas Harrigan that we need to settle on. Once he hears of our actions, which he will only take as mutiny towards his own ambitions, I am sure he will hunt us down wherever we may be sailing. So that is a score that will have to be settled one of these days. Her her fists kind of like ball up when, when you say that name and she'll let them relax after taking a few deep breaths and say, indeed, the more fame and disrepute you garner, the, the more upstarts as well as old sea dogs like Harrigan will want to take a swing at you. Uh, she goes over to this armor stand and says, um, Old Iron Bert, Bertie, my husband refused to sail with this. His lucky charm, once it started to snag on his gut, he might be alive today if he wore it. I, As part of our union and a, a dowry, perhaps, I, I want you to have it. If you need not wear it, I just want you to take it with you, or perhaps one of your crew might be able to use it, but it is a good luck charm, and I believe it will bless our union with favorable winds. She starts undoing some clasps and removing it from the stand and seeing, you know, if you want to put it on. It is a, a shining kind of amber-colored armor, uh, metallic armor. And there are faint decorations of, of waves and water kind of etched into it. Um, it does seem to have a magical sheen about it. Yeah, Cassius will ask her to help him put it on. Sure. Mm -hmm. It is a breastplate armor okay. with kind of like scaled bits around the, the bottom and some, you know, fairly large um, built-in shoulders. As far as a magic item goes, you guys can figure this out later, but it does have runed etchings for plus one. Okay. As well as the slick oh. rune, which I believe gives you a little boost to escaping grapples and things along those lines. I I, I wrote this like 
many weeks ago in, in case you guys right. had in case you had um made friends with tidewater rock like in your first uh episode <laughs> here that kind of went out the yeah. wayside but that, in a, that's in okay a, in addition to that this is a a relic magic item uh, like an artifact uh it also allows you to utilize the effects of the spell water walk ah imagine once per day very good she can at the very least describe that she's seen you know this do some magical things to to her husband in 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 his his uh adventures out on the sea um, there, there are some other treasures here in, in his chest, um, some potions and, and things like that for you and your crew. Things brought back, uh, brought back from the, the seas that, that might be most valuable, as well as um, a magical relic that was here on the islands before we, we took, took it for our own. Uh, and she pulls from the, the chest a large spyglass and kind of uh helps you stand up in your your armor here and, and beckons you to the the window um she lines it up and, and takes a look through pointing it at the crew on the the deck of the the tidebreaker hundreds of feet away she seems to whisper something into the the glass uh and as you put your your eye up to it all of a sudden as you're looking through this and you you're seeing your crew uh, drinking and dancing, uh, you can hear them uh, almost as if they're right behind you. Hear the the sounds of Crindles uh, singing, and hear Mahim saying, "Anyway, so there I was in the thick of it, Kendoso near dead, <laughs> on the other side of the Great Naga, and I ran up and ran the beast through." This relic is called the Far Glass and allows you to cast clear audience or clairvoyance at anything you can see from from far off that's i mean that is very cool uh also something that's pretty useful for <laughs> a lot of situations we get into cassius mm-hmm. uh takes both of these and he says i i think he's very taken aback i don't think i, I don't think he expected gifts of mm-hmm. this magnitude uh and so he says i i'm flattered by all of this i i can't begin to thank you enough and, and then he kind of just looks dead at her and he says i promise i will wear i will wear this i will wear this armor when we take down harrigan and i will avenge i'll avenge your your late husband and make the legacy of this place greater than anyone anyone else ever could uh she'll give you a a kiss on the the cheek and uh, kind of like a, a pat on the other one and, and say, indeed, keep these treasures safe, husband. And keep the name and, and lordship you're carrying true to the pirate code. And if you spill Harrigan's blood upon my husband's armor, know that he'll be smiling down at you from, from beyond the grave and he'll do everything he can to aid you and put wind in your sails. So that is, uh, like I said, I read that like a month ago. (laughs) That is a a section called The Dowry, where you get some magical items you can share with your crew. And now that I say that, uh, I've written it. I I don't have the potions and things in the chest, so we'll probably roll them randomly (laughs) off uh, 
We'll figure uh, them out. Yeah, this is this is what you get for cracking the rock. Uh, let's get back to it though. Later that night, as the festivities have wound down, both at Tidewater Rock and aboard your pirate ship, as we see the the four of you, perhaps Sedara and Ambrose Croup, Rosie, the officers of the the Tidebreaker, heading down into the the deep hold of the ship. Uh, to where you have taken some prisoners of war from the the enemy pirates that attacked Windward Isle. Indeed, with covered lanterns ablaze um, down in the hold of the ship, you guys can gather and find hands bound behind them three pirates. Uh, two of the this crew uh, you've captured alive, as well as none other than Isabella Locke, Cassius's former first mate and the the captain of these these pirates that attacked you all uh standing guard you see ratline ratsburger and mini guard seaweed wizard flotsam who reports that you know they haven't tried any funny business uh since you guys beat them and, and captured them the the night before um but as as soon as you enter your makeshift brig here isabella will will look up in, in your direction and say, well, look who it is, if it isn't Captain Cassius. Uh, you must be joking yourself. I, I heard your crew partying and, and ringing the bells all day long. Was was there a ceremony for besting us in combat? Isabella, if we rang the bells every time we beat a crew as weak as yours, we'd never have any time to plunder anywhere else. Nay, the reason why the bells are rung is because you now stand before the Lord of Tidewater Rock. I was wed to the Lady Agasta yesterday. Oh my, who'd want to hitch their coattails to this sinking ship? That's, that is the most ridiculous thing I've ever heard, Vel. I, I did not think that you would find it such a, such a wonder or well thing, but perhaps... That is the limitations that you have, Locke. I take opportunity when it comes. And you, what have you done for these last few years? Since I've seen ye, seems like you have fallen in with a rather unfortunate crowd. And I can't help but feel like your fortunes haven't improved much since I left you in the waters around the eye. I've scraped together every bit of, of hatred that I've felt over the years and channeled it in, in killing captains worse than you. I, I took my time and, and built up my own crew, stole my own ship, and made an alliance with the Sahugin. But listen, I, I have had some time down here in your hold, and obviously I have calmed down a bit. I have not, in spite of myself, tried to burn down your ship with me in it. So listen, I, I am up to talk. Fellow captain to captain, if you would like. I'm always here as Locke. I don't seek to do you any unjustness or unkindness. Well, you remember your old master at arms, a pugilist by the name of Knuckles Gripe, right? Aye. I believe it was the idiot who challenged me right before we went into the eye. Well, he was my first mate on my ship, the Thresher. But the fact that he did not do as I planned and, and turn around and attacked your ship in port 
means that last night, more than likely, he turned tail and ran on me. And I know just where he's going. She'll stand up in her uh, manacles and, and show off her, her backside, her the, the side of her, her um, torso and stomach where this long tattoo of a, a pirate's map is inked across her her shoulders and, and, and back. The Tien captain that enslaved me made me his personal scroll case. As much as I wanted revenge on you, I want this treasure more. This map is directions to an ancient hall, and Knuckles, I'm sure, wants it all for himself. Well, it does sound like we both have an aligned interest in making sure that our pugilist friend drinks the briny deep. If you know where the treasure be and you help us, I'm happy to share, especially if it means that I get my own revenge against the man who so cowardly challenged me while we were in the middle of a hurricane. It's it's more than that. That is the rock upon which we made the deal with the sea devils that inhabit the, the nearby coral and islands. We told them we'd set sail and for access to the treasure, bring back this one, and she'll kind of gesture over to you, Honto. I'm not sure what your your lizard crew did to anger those slick scales, but they definitely seem to have it in for you. I've been seeing them in my dreams, but it's been hazy. I don't know what, what could possibly have transgressed that, that I have done. Well, Knuckles' gripe might be trying to claim you as dead so he can take the deal and commence raiding the treasure on the island with his remaining crew. They may believe he be dead, but if they get to that cache of treasure first, they might make away with more gold than his ship can carry. That's why I'm, I'm proposing we settle a truce, Vel. If you allow me to sail with you and take vengeances out on, on Knuckles' gripe for each of us, I will help you and your crew to the treasure for my fair share as well, of course. I think Hanto will look over at, at Cassius and, and say... I did offer a peaceful solution and she did not take it previously. <laughs> Aye, that's because previously she had an army of pirates behind her and now she's in the brig. And do you believe now she is trustworthy? I believe that she wants the pugilist dead more than anything else and her best chance of getting to the treasure and getting a share is now in our hands. Not her own and not being left on an island somewhere. So I... I believe that she be true. I do not think that she will be let out of the brig and then immediately try to mutiny against me or murder me. I believe that it's not the best way for her to accomplish her goals, so she will not do them. Fair, but are I you, will keep my eyes on her. Are you trying to have this in private? Like, are you ducking out of the room to have this conversation? <laughs> whisper, no. whis whisper. Yeah, no, I think this is... Yeah, yeah, yeah that's right not Honto's style. It's just right in front of her. Yeah. Uh, yeah, I mean, she'll she'll butt in afterwards and and say, I didn't take your deal, lizard folk, because, well, even if I were to, to bring you back alive, that would just be so those devils can torture you. I've spent time amongst them. They are crueler than even I can imagine. Whatever you've done to anger them, they, they are on the war path. But if you and your crew... Uh, surprise them perhaps you can take advantage while their their guard is lowered and, and strike at their their home base this this clan seems dead sets 
on bringing you in. That's this my is... concern, not yours. And if you would like to show proper respect, I do have a name. Aye, what's what's that? Do you mean that you you hunted me down without even knowing it? I'm unsure if they knew it. Maybe I said it in the previous episode, but I forget. <laughs> GM Patrick forgets. <laughs> I don't think you ever did. I think you just called him like the Aruxi friend, the lizard. You know. Folk. Yeah, no, but you, I mean, you guys have searched her already, and she has very similarly like the same kind of etching, you know, like a a drawing of of what Honto looks like. Is it similar to the one that Flotsam brought of Cassius in its crudeness and poor? Yeah. Depiction? Also, uh, maybe important to point out here that indeed she is the one that uh, had one of your former crew put out the the bounty. They've been. Since you've been flaunting your successes on the Tidebreaker the, the last few months, they've mm. been been hunting for you. Vel, if you if you help me get my ship back and let me sail on after this as well, get it back from, from Gripe, I'll consider my feud with you dead and buried along with all those sailors both of us have lost under our commands. I'll swear an, an oath on me life. I won't cause you any more harms as well. What do you say to that? We are agreed, Locke. You will help us and we will help you. You'll get your ship back. We'll split the treasure in shares and you'll be on your way. You hear a a, a small metallic, uh, uh, like a dagger being unsheathed behind you and, and Sendara Quinn comes up and says, Well, I say, Captain, if, if you're looking for input from your officers... We just skin her alive and, and take the map and the treasure for ourselves. We sink this ship, the Thresher, into the sea and, and sleep soundly on a bed of gold. Calm your blade there, Sandara. Although we could take the map by our own means, the Sahugin are expecting Isabella to deliver the prize. That is an advantage we have of keeping her alive, and it may allow us to get past some of their initial defenses without having to fight our way through hordes of the sea devils themselves. I imagine if if they see Knuckles Gripe coming back without me, that whatever plan you have to, to use me to lure them out will, will likely fail. And they have uh, a, a night's and day's head start on, on your vessel. You know, I hope Knuckles is at least planning on sharing that treasure with Sonic. Oh, boy. Oh, oh Seth's gone 40 something episodes without mentioning Sonic the Hedgehog, but here we are. Wait, I don't know. Have I ever on this show? <laughs> I'm sure at some point. Um, uh, yeah, yeah. I mean, she'll, she'll say to Sandar particularly, you know, I, I don't believe Cassius has the, the lack of conscience that you believe him and he wouldn't kill me for something as trifling as trying to kill him back. Isn't that right, Phil? We have a history together in, and you can't just erase history. If I had death vendettas against everyone who's tried to kill me, I would sure be wasting a lot of time trying to hunt those people down. So I do not take the attack on me life too personal, nay. And besides, you will need me to help interpret the map. My old Tian captain encoded it in his own language. Unless you want to walk into a trap, methinks you'd like a, a guide on this adventure. I'll let you walk your fingers along my spine, if in you ask nicely, 
wild man. And she's talking directly to you, Candoso, with a, a raised eyebrow. Ooh, a woo. Uh, yeah, she she indeed will, will say, you know, so so what will it be? Will he, will he take these shackles off a girl? Point me to the top deck where I can start guiding the ship towards towards treasures afar. Hmm. Uh, this is uh, uh, Locke. Uh, she's she's got you know. I'm imagine yeah. you put her in manacles or yeah. at least tied her up. All right, Isabella Locke, indeed. All right. Well, yeah. If the cat, if the captain is uh, is uh, is cool with this, as long as you're not trying to pull no trickery is on me, I'll mm-hmm. unlock these manacles. The only thing yeah. she can do is stab you with magic. Don't be so afraid, Kendoso. <laughs> imagine there, her hands are behind her back, and you're one of the first here. Uh, to get a a good view of this this map tattooed on her back, and it is several small islands, and as well as a a TN kind of stylized half sun uh, sitting to to their right, and what looks like a monstrous eye uh, in, in the face of an an aged man a bearded king-like looking figure uh, on mm-hmm. the, the left. And I don't think anyone here speaks TN, um, but there are indeed some some characters in the language uh, that looks like kind of like lines of verse. I imagine you haven't seen this tattoo yet. Are you familiar with, with its contents? Are, are you talking to her? Yeah. I mean, she can look in like a mirror. <laughs> I, well yeah but like she I, I don't know if she's like studied it closely or like if she's oh. like familiar with the like like all the the detail the detail work oh she she says you know she has it committed to memory ah what do these mean i point to the to the symbols as i'm undoing the manacles oh there'll be time for that once we get closer to the islands let me go and i'll i'll tell you where we be headed all right it doesn't seem like you have much to bargain with. Well, I mean, you'd have to decipher a language nobody understands, and there's definitely no spells that can do that, right? Uh, <laughs> no way, right? <laughs> well, if nobody if nobody decides to, to bother uh, Osric, then no, probably <laughs> not. I don't think druids have it. Uh, probably yeah. not. Yeah, that didn't look like that's on my list, so I'd be up a paddle without a creek. Uh, yeah, um, so as you uh, unlock her, and you know, you can also employ the the sailors, the, the pirates, um, the unnamed pirates <laughs> that uh, that you've taken here as well to add to your crew. They've got nothing else to do. Mm-hmm. Uh, but she will, you know, once you guys are on the top deck and maybe bringing out some maps the next morning, getting ready to set sail. And leave behind the the port of Windward Isle, your new friends here in, in Tidewater Rock. She'll say, uh, "Why we be heading far west into Sea Devil territory, to a place called Mancatcher Cove, where it is said the the famous pirate Cyrus Wolf has hidden his fabled treasure. If indeed we are able to find this hall, then we'll have." Have quite a, a feather in your cap as well as coin in your pockets. Uh, we see the tide breaker 
cresting waves with full sails that you have uh, a lot of of sailing in your guys's future and a lot of adventuring here in Mancatcher Cove. Uh, but all that is a tale for another time as we will get to it uh, more than likely next week here on the podcast. Yo-ho! A dead man roll, oh, Chris. Yeah. We spent a lot of time at the wedding. A lot more time. Yeah. <laughs> you only get married once, Patrick. <laughs> it took 42 episodes to get. You only get. You only get married in uh, your pirate fantasy podcast once, Patrick. Oh, do you? We've got like four more books, Tyler. <laughs> oh, jeez. Four more. Get, four more Cassius weddings. You have, you have four more books and three more PCs. Instead of yeah, this is this was a you know episode is a maybe not as exciting as three weddings and a funeral. It's just one wedding. Uh, we can kill somebody off if you want. No, you'll say goodbye. No, thanks. I don't want a Game of Thrones style <laughs> wedding. I want a normal wedding. Thank you. Uh, yeah, and you've got some some new, maybe slightly antagonistic uh, crew joining your your own. And uh, oh boy, howdy! I, I can't wait to to get to the next section. But uh, like I said, we'll, we'll have to wait uh, until next week. Uh, until then, thanks for playing with me, folks. Thank you, Patrick. Thank you, Patrick. Bye. Thanks for listening, Patreon subscribers. Thanks for supporting us, making this podcast possible. Uh, we'll see you next time on Dead Man Roto Creeps. Yar. Yar. Wedding yar. What? What? Wedding yar. Wedding yar. Wedding yar. <laughs> <laughs>